Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bet the Edge. Thanks, everyone, for watching on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. It's Thursday, so it's V-Money and the Well Capper bringing you college football and Thursday night football action. We got eight college football games ranging from Tennessee at Alabama to Penn State, Ohio State. Plus, Trevor Lawrence update for the Jags at Saints and which side we are betting. Hopefully, we are aligned, Drew, but maybe not. How's the week going, my friend? Uh, been a good week so far. Um, the NFL market generally agreeing with my stuff, which I like, yeah, uh, yeah. but it's been soft. I mean, there's, but there's, things are getting nibbled right now. It's uh, there's no, there hasn't really been any big swinging moves. And I think uh, similarly in the college football market, like we're getting to the time of the season where uh, it's really tough to grind some of these out because a lot of these teams are solved. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, you, you, to a degree, there's uh, some coin flipping. Uh, for sure with me in college football, there's some coin flipping always, but uh, particularly this time of the season when there's really, uh, you know, really fine margins that are separating some of these teams, some of these handicaps and uh, and the market's so efficient. So uh, excited to hear what you have. I'm sure, uh, you know, you're going to probably uh, out, out, uh, outdo me today in terms of the insight, but it uh, looks like a mm-hmm. fun week. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun week. It's going to sh- it's become a sharp week though cuz you kind of mentioned the line movement in college football. I think this was the most aggressive week we've seen with the closing line movement, uh closing line value. And there's a couple plays that I'm going to talk about today that I bet, but the current price is just not bettable. Uh and you'll understand later in the show, but of course, uh we're going to kick it off with UFC at Oklahoma, but before that drew, it's mm. Navy and Air Force playing this weekend. The total is 39 and a half, which you know the unders are hitting 90% in the last 10 years in the service academies. Under 39 and a half is now 34 and a half. So that's a preface of where the CLV is for college football this weekend. Yeah. I, um, also, by the way, uh, sounds like Air Force QB1 is not going. So I like Navy in that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so money, money sprinkle for Saturday. Shh, don't tell anyone, Drew. I won't say uh, that. I don't, I don't think we're going to have a money line sprinkle, though, for this game. UCF at Oklahoma. The Sooners are laying 18.5, Tolson at 66.5. Dylan Gabriel facing his old school is the headline here. Oklahoma is off the bye week, too. So this is a spot where they're coming out totally focused, Drew, or it's a potential letdown. But we know the Knights don't have a Big 12 win yet. I don't think they get it here. I mean, please come out focused, Oklahoma. I am still uh, maybe one of the last people making numbers that doesn't understand why they're not rated in some of the advanced metrics as a top three team. Like Oklahoma is there, guys. I I really don't understand it. Both of these teams are coming off by. uh, So there's not really anything to say about a rest advantage. Um, You know, the last time we saw this Oklahoma team, they were, you know, they were making their Put, planting their flag in the uh, mm-hmm. college football playoff discussion. Uh, I still rank them currently. They are a top five win, uh, you know, opponent adjusted offense in college football for me right now. And they are a top five um, defense for me right now. The only other team that checks both of those boxes is your Michigan Wolverines. Uh, so I think the 
Oklahoma Sooners are here to stay. I hope they stay focused. I hope they do not fumble the bag here. And uh, I think as I look at uh, sort of the statistical makeup um, of the uh, <laughs> Central Florida uh you know, the, the Knights, uh, the thing that really stands out is they have an absolutely atrocious rushing defense. So yep. Oklahoma should be able to, if they can generate a lead, if they can have a play from a positive game state, put this one away pretty comfortably on the ground, not really risk, uh, you know, kind of high leverage turnover type opportunities that UCF is going to need to get back into this game. Um, their, you, you know, UCF's offense is kind of led by their effective rushing attack. But again, like that's strength meets strength with Oklahoma. So I doubt that they can realistically lean on that throughout the duration of four quarters. Um, and uh, yeah, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma is going to pick on this uh, passing, uh, you know, passing defense. Uh, and I think put the way, put away the game on the ground. So Pretty simple recipe here for Oklahoma just to get the job done, continue to kind of let Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel, float up the uh, Heisman voters' yeah. opinion poll. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Oklahoma marches on their way to uh, a Big 12 title game. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Heisman, I know um, Michael Penix, obviously the outright winner, front runner, runner right now, as we spoke about last week. Uh, but J.J. McCarthy, second in terms of odds, and Dylan Gabriel right behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.J. came out of nowhere, but the passing efficiency is there. Just, you know, not the play that Dylan Gabriel or Penix or these other quarterbacks have put up, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, I think Oklahoma should roll in this one. I'm not going to bet it personally. Definitely live bet situations. But my lean was Sooners first half minus 10.5. Felt like them leading by two touchdowns was not asking much against this night's defense. And Dylan Gabriel – is going to come out pretty excited to be at home and playing UCF in this one, his former team. Uh, so, yeah, another game where he can make a Heisman case here against his former team. I would sign up for some props on him. This game, though, I do have a bet, Drew. Tennessee at Alabama. Now, I, I know I've said I'm a bad Alabama better, but I won my last one by the grace of God. And uh, this time, <laughs> we don't need them. Uh, but the Tide are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Totals 48-and-a-half. It's at Alabama. No Hendon Hooker, there is a problem, Drew. Yeah. Uh, Joe Milton's not going to move the ball in the Crimson Tide. So my bet here mm. is Tennessee team total under 19.5, got it at okay. plus 102 odds. Sit in the last nine trips to Alabama, Tennessee's failed to score 20 points. They failed to score more than 17, eight out of nine mm. times. And they struggled. They got us to cover last week, but they struggled on offense. Joe Milton had the worst game of his college career, so – uh, you know, Tennessee beat Alabama last year, 52-49 in a thriller. And uh, this year, I see nothing like that. So I like the tie here. I don't think Tennessee scores 20. What do you like? Yeah, it's it, the our, the Alabama defense is an interesting kind of deconstruct because last last Alabama game I bet was uh, against Texas A and M. I took uh, a pretty heavy stake on the under there. I got there by the hook, forty six and a half. Oh, yeah, oh I had that too. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still for a touchdown, sweating now, man. Negated, Woo. Uh, Woo. fumble, negated, pick, negated. <laughs> it worked out. All time sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think uh, as you kind of look at sort of the evolution of the Alabama defense and yeah, guess what? They're cord- you know, they're they're uh, influenced by one of the greatest college coaches, if not the greatest college coach of all time. And Nick Saban, they have steadily marched up the rankings throughout the balance of the season. And actually, they find themselves uh, a little a hair above Tennessee, whose defense has been like a complete 
revelation compared to the way that unit was planned last year. Like they have just uh, revamped on the fly. Um, as I look at, uh, you know, so I, basically, I think basically you have two strong defenses going here, and I'm doing everything in my power not to just fire away into another Alabama under 48 and a half is too high. It's too high. But uh, I think it does come down to exactly what you said, which is Tennessee's passing offense is not good. They are below average adjusted for opponents so far this season. They are, they do have a good rushing defense, but that is strength versus strength against Alabama. Um, So it's, this this feels like, uh, you know, maybe they move the ball between the twenties, but struggle in the red zone. Uh, And for those reasons, I think the under is really uh, uh, the, solid look here uh the size sitting at eight and a half to me looks maybe a little bit low uh similarly based on you know kind of the idea that uh tennessee's passing offense and their red zone offense struggles here uh if alabama can can find you know the highs that we've seen from them at times this season in this game uh we could see something like a 28 uh uh, nine type of win here, but uh, I think under is uh, uh, under is uh, the the stronger of the two looks. And if you're on Tennessee team total under, that gives me that much more confidence. Yeah, I would say it's it's amazing how Tennessee's completely flipped in that retrospect to another defense Wild. strong to the team. Uh, but you know, I don't hate it, uh, especially when you know money has no allegiance, Drew. And I love unders. Uh, and I, I like your take here too. But yeah, I don't think Tennessee struggle. I think they struggle to score. I don't think they reach twenty points here. And uh, I think Alabama is live for the cover. But after winning 15 straight years against one team and losing last year in the fashion they did, I feel mm-hmm. like Alabama will be out for blood. And the guys that are there, the defense will be uh, laying some wood on Saturday. You know, it's a, a fun, uh, fun potential back-to-back here. So Alabama gets LSU next week. Mm. LSU's offense is elite yeah. uh, and i think uh that's going to be kind of a fun i, I mean I'm, i hope that our angle's right here and that they just literally shut down tennessee maybe that there's a market overreaction to be had next week and we can come back with lsu team total over um because mm-hmm. they are rostered in a way that i think is going to give alabama trouble and honestly that's going to be one of the best games of the week next week I, I i can't wait for lsu alabama every year one of the best this one this this year is going to be um this this one's going to be fireworks yeah, and it's it means a lot because they both still have one loss, and Georgia's looking vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've looked vulnerable over the last month. So, yeah, if you're gonna make a run, it's gotta be now, now or never. Uh, so, I do like Alabama's chances, but yeah, LSU's certainly an interesting team too. I'm not gonna, I wouldn't hate an over in that game, especially if we hit the under here, Drew. Another top 25 matchup, one that I need your opinion on because Florida State Seminoles, 13 and a half point favorites, 49 mm. is a team total. They're hosting. You're Duke Blue Devils, and when I looked up the historical data on this one, you have to know this, but Florida State is 21-0 and against Duke. They've never lost to Duke. If this was at Duke, I'd be taking the points. I don't want to now. Yeah. Old enough to remember the days where this was such a lopsided matchup that Florida State would pay us to go play in Florida in front of a Florida <laughs> crowd. I'm not joking. Like, I, I don't, you know, there was, it was, uh, it basically kind of paid for the entire football program. That one game every year, Florida State paying uh, Duke to go go play in the South. Um, but uh, yeah, no, th- this is, uh, uh, this is a tough matchup. Um, Duke's defense is for real. That's kind of where I'm at with this team. Uh, I don't know that their running defense is as good as their pass defense, but their pass defense, I think, is is 
right up there with the best in college football. Um, and when you're able to, you know, kind of neutralize, you know, a, a, an attack that relies pretty heavily on the past, then you should be able to stay in games. Um, my general, you know, gut feel here is that the Duke defense could give up some stuff on the ground here, which doesn't set them up well for, uh, you know, either a backdoor cover or a, a surprise upset. So I think I got to stay away from taking the points as much as I feel like this should be more like a 10 or 11 point side. Um, and the total sitting at 49 to me looks like an under because this realistically, uh, you know, you're going to have, uh, you know, a, the game fundamentally be shortened the way Duke wants to play offensively is leaning on their running attack. You can get going on the ground against the, uh, the Seminoles as well and vice versa. So um, I think there's going to be a, a plethora of running here and not the type of explosive running that lends itself to an over, but the type of, methodical running that really tends to eat the clock reduces number of possessions uh, and makes this game a little bit of a slog ultimately florida state probably wins by around two touchdowns but that's going to be entirely dependent on their red zone efficiency and what happens when the field gets shorter um i hope duke covers i hope they continue their run i hope they play at a bowl game and that program continues to build right now i think they're kind of right on the fringes of a top 20 program which is exciting because i we haven't had that sort of sustained success in like since Steve Spurrier. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like that's how long it's been since we were just like credibly in the conversation of the top 20. Um, so I hope they show up. I hope they fight hard. Um, but uh, ultimately I think this is going to be a, you know, it's going to have to be a defensive masterclass if they do get it done. And I think the game gets shortened by the fact that, uh, you know, both rushing teams, both rushing offenses should find some success in this one. Yeah, I have uh, Duke right now rated at number 15 in my poll uh, for NBC. Ooh, all right. And uh, yes. collectively, as a team, Eric and Brad, we ranked them 17. They came in behind uh, USC and ahead of LSU, which I didn't agree with at all. But uh, <laughs> that's the hype around Duke, though. They do have a great defense, Drew. No one scored more than 21 points on them. So, Notre Dame was so the tough. Teams for Talk about how hard it is to compare teams like that. Like – they are they are they are such at opposite polar opposites uh in terms of how they are trying to win games but uh yeah no, i i you know it, it's going to be fun to handicap them in a bowl setting especially if their rushing defense can rushing offense continues to build and if they if their rushing defense bounces at all because again like they got an elite passing defense that's going to keep them alive and uh i hope they uh they get a good pull and a good matchup and uh we can get a good price on them for a bowl yeah, Duke will definitely be in a bowl game, and it's going to be a good one, too. I hope they match them up with someone that's exciting, like an, an Oregon State or an yeah. Ole Miss, or maybe Tulane. Let Duke and Tulane duke it out, Drew. I like Duke in that matchup, Yeah, too. just one other quick note. There is questions. There are questions swirling about Duke quarterback availability. I don't have the inside goods. I've been asking everyone I know that has any kind of ear to the ground, and it does sound like a real 50-50 type of proposition. So this market okay. could move again, but you know whether – they send the guy out, uh, you know, somewhat limited or that's the backup quarterback. I think either way, this total is going to take money to the under. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree with you there, especially if the quarterback sell, that line is going to drop drastically. And so will Duke's team total. And as a road team, that'd be <laughs> worth a look for me, Drew. Sorry to say it. But, oh, like, uh, that's a, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. 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 But the next game um, is my people's parlay pick. Probably I'm either going to go money line or spread here. We're talking USC, seven-point favorite against the Utah Utes, total set at 56. 
And, uh, you know, ultimate bounce back spot for USC here who lost to Notre Dame in dramatic fashion. Not even. <laughs> uh, it's just terrible <laughs> Dr- They lost dramatically. Uh, yeah, dr- they lost <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Dramatically. Not dramatic fashion. But yeah, they lost dramatically. Uh, you know, Brad Thompson was blowing my phone up. Dude, this is the easiest pizza bed you ever made, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I told you. The books said Notre Dame would run a win. And I think the situation where they're telling you USC is probably going to blow Utah out. And Utah, they do have a great defense, Drew. We know that. But on the road, they don't travel the same. And that offense, why anyone could usually move the ball in USC's defense, I think this will be the best defensive effort we see from the Trojans in at least a month. And while people might overreact to it, this is the Utah offense we're talking about. Yeah, it is. And it is the Utah offense on the road. Yes, which has a pretty dramatic, pretty, pretty dramatic (laughs) split so far for those guys. Uh, Cam Rising remains out from what I can tell. Uh, Figure out what's going on in that situation. I thought he was medically clear like a month ago, uh, but apparently like the knee injury was much more serious than anyone let on. And so he remains out. Um, And I think uh, the idea of if the. Trojans defense is going to show you anything all season. And I guess they they did fairly well against Stanford. I guess we'll give them a pat on the back for that. But if they're <laughs> going to if they're going to show you anything else this season, uh it's going to be here. It's going to be in this spot. You're getting Utah who is coming who was coming off of a home game, off of a bye, who barely got to 34 points against Cal's defense. Like Congratulations on the win and the cover and getting your game over the total. But like it is still problems are not solved uh, with that Utah offense whatsoever. I, I like their coach. I like their scheme. They need more talent. They need their, you know, they need a better, uh, a better quarterback play, obviously. And they definitely need to have a sharper uh, performance on the road before you get involved with either taking any kind of points with this team uh, or playing any kind of over. So uh, I don't know that I'm ultimately going to go to war with you here on this team total under, um, but this is uh, set up sets up pretty clearly as USC or pass because USC is mm-hmm. going to get theirs in this game. Like this is this is they're going to score points here. Yeah, no, I, I have no problems with that. This is almost a it's been almost a month, about three weeks since Utah's had a road game, um, and before that was another three weeks. So they've been really spacing these road games out, which I don't think is a very positive thing for a lot of these teams. Uh, it's and, a good way uh, another, to hide that you stink on the road. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh, we didn't even, even mention earlier, Tennessee, they uh, they haven't played a road game in 31, 32 days um, coming up on that. So, yeah, they're, you know, they're at Alabama. That's that's difficult. And USC, they're going to be ramped up to get, get theirs back in this game because they can't uh, accept any more losses. And they still got some big games on deck. Yeah, so it's true. Uh, yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record! 
And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. USC will probably be a part of the People's Parlay. And that's on Saturday, August 21st at 11 a.m., Drew. Eastern time, it's Brad Thomas, Eric Froton, and myself answering all your college football betting questions for week eight, including a huge Big Ten matchup between number three, Ohio State, and number seven, Penn State, in the horseshoe. And as someone who's been to the horseshoe before, as a Michigan State fan and got the kick to win the game with no time left. Oh, wow. That's what I want to see from Penn State this time around, Drew. Nittany Lions are four-and-a-half-point dogs at Ohio State. Total's 45-and-a-half. And when I spoke on Navy and Air Force and that line moving drastically, Drew, I bet this at 52-and-a-half, the over-under. It's 45-and-a-half now. Wow. There's no value. People are still talking about this is going under. I don't know. Okay. The, yeah, man. It's a big drop. Seven points on a total play. It's a big, big drop. And it's not weather-related that I can tell. It's not injury-related, which means this is probably an overreaction. Any kind of move of that magnitude that's not fueled by some sort of injury this time of year, particularly to, you know, let's be honest, it's not fueled by a quarterback injury or the starting running back, if that's your offense, then it's probably an overreaction. So, um, boy, oh boy, this uh, this is a good game. It's one we've been waiting for. The Big Ten itself is, you know, is, is still somewhat open, even though as you would rank these teams, you put Michigan number one with the bullet. Um, and, you know, Penn State's defense has an argument to be the best in the country, but for Ohio State's. And in kind of the same sentiment that we were shocked and I'm in shock and all that Tennessee's uh, defense is above average, <laughs> let alone very good. I am very, very surprised that this Ohio State defense is performing to this level. And I'm kind of suspect that the gravity is going to bring them back to earth to a degree. Um, Penn State's offense doesn't really scare anyone. Um, it's largely, it's an efficient rushing attack. It's an unimpressive passing attack. And that is even with, uh, the college Josh Allen back there <laughs> slinging mm-hmm. it for Penn state. Um, but, uh, the, and then you flip the script here and Ohio state's passing offense is incredible. Uh, that is strength on strength with, uh, the strength of the Nittany, Nittany lions defense, which is their pass defense. So if you basically call that a wash and you say there's not going to be explosive passing plays in here and that, you know, Ohio State's going to have to get it done the hard way, which is on the ground, uh, and Penn State could get it done uh, with, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, man. I can't talk myself into the over. I'm sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying to find some angle, trying, trying to find you. some way. Um, I guess here's one thought. When you have like these standalone circled games on the schedule that mean so much to each program over the balance of the season, any kind of wrinkles, any kind of uh, tendency breakers, any kind of surprise trick plays, uh, like just the real the real stuff that you save for a rainy day. Well, guess what? It's the rainy day. Here it is. And so Penn State may have some stuff up their sleeve that really does kind of help you know, kind of snap their offense into gear here. Um, And that might be enough. Now, neither team uh, realistically is going to have enough success uh, with a lead that I would be comfortable basically kind of 
taking a shot on whoever is in comeback mode, if that makes sense. Um, I give Ohio State a meaningful chance. The fact that they're outside of three makes me want to take Ohio, makes me want to take Penn State. Um, and uh, I think uh, ultimately this is uh, this is probably decided by team with the ball last. Somebody kicks a field goal, maybe even an overtime, uh, which uh, they, that might help you get your over. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the angle I would think I would be taking. I'd be hoping for a very close game, uh, last second touchdown, field goal, or you know, Oklahoma Texas was the same way. It was under all game until that game winning drive uh, from Oklahoma. But yeah, speaking of comeback drives, the game winning drives, uh, Kyle McCord got his first one on the road this year against Notre Dame. His finished first year as starting quarterback. Drew Allar has, still hasn't had that moment yet where he's been Come. tested. This will be his big test, and he's on the road. Uh, so that's kind of, I think, why the total has dropped. And this is the best defense James Franklin's had and arguably one of the better defenses Ohio State's had when, you know, they've been primarily just an offensive juggernaut. And I don't wouldn't classify them as that. They have potential to be that any given week. But I still yeah. think Ohio State uh, has work to be done with Kyle McCord at mm. quarterback. But So let me ask you, if you're Penn State and you're constructing a game plan here, is it pass heavy? I would be passing. Ohio State doesn't get many sacks. Uh, I haven't checked the last two weeks, but I know the first three weeks of the season, Ohio State had one sack total. And they played like Youngstown State and terrible teams. Okay. That plays into an over then too, because, you know, game, you know, clock, clock's going to stop more often with the incompletions. You could have some turnovers, interceptions, things like that, that flip fields. So, um, yeah, I mean, mean, I'm starting to get there. This, this does, it's, it's, it feels too easy to play an under when you have the top two defenses in college football head dead. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a, you know, but yes, you know, it's, it's a, there are ways I think for each of these teams to kind of find some groove, uh, some specific matchups that work to their advantage so that you do have at least a score and answer type of environment, as opposed to a field position punt game, which is what you would need to get this under home. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a tight game for sure. I think, I mean, I definitely want to take Penn state with the points, but this is going to be, like I said, a road game for Penn State and Alara's first uh, true road game as a freshman. And I think Ohio State scores first. We're getting a nine and a half or ten and a half on the spread wow. uh, for Penn State. And that's probably what I'll be on right away. Right. Uh, so that's kind of my angle since my total has been totally demolished here. But there is another total on the board, Drew, that I did attack, and it's only moved one point. And if you're scared to play Penn State, Ohio State under, well, you probably are pretty <laughs> terrified to play the under in Minnesota, Iowa. <laughs> 31 and a half, the lowest total I've ever seen as a better. And I'm absolutely playing the under. No questions. Just for just just for the novelty? Well, that's one part of it. But, I mean, it's Iowa football, one. Secondly, it's Minnesota football, who is just as bad on offense. But both situations, defenses are much better than the offenses. I don't believe in the coaches with their play calling. And the last time these teams met last year, it was 13 to 10, Drew. Uh, wow. But, uh, yeah, Minnesota hasn't played on the road in 30 days. Iowa has wow. the worst third down percentage in the country on offense at 26%. Uh, yeah, neither team's moving the ball, man. Iowa needed an 82-yard touchdown to get in the end zone last week against Wisconsin. Mm. Under 31 and a half. Yeah, you – you want to know it's wild? Uh, the, last, the last two times we've had a total under 32 in college football, it was Iowa yeah. games. <laughs> <laughs> 19, what happened? Uh, so basically, uh, December 31st, 2022, Iowa-Kentucky bowl game. 
yes, it was yes. a, a 30, 31 and a half uh, point total. Yeah. Iowa won 21 to zero. It stayed under yeah. uh, the time before that. It was, you're not going to believe this, man. November 19th, 2022, Iowa at Minnesota, 31 and a half. And there, and there, yeah. it, there were 13. It was, uh, there were 23 points in that game. So it, it also cruised under. Um, the, uh, the five examples I have in my database of a 31 and a half point or 35, 32, uh, point total or, or fewer, all, uh, all of their five went over, but, uh, none of those were, uh, Iowa games. So, uh, yeah, we got that going for us. <laughs> yeah. I guess, let me ask you this. So that Minnesota is coming off of, um, Minnesota's coming off of a bye, right? And yeah. last week we got stung by Indiana with the trick play <laughs> off the bye. Like, is there a potential that there's an early, because these super low totals, it does feel like there is early offensive success and then it just completely dries up. Um, yeah. You know, you think uh, any any inclination to wait and see if there's a, a fluky score in the first quarter of this one and take a live under, or you're just, you're just gonna, going right to the wall with 31 and a half? I already bet 32 and a half and 31 and a half. But yeah, no, the lot betting is okay. there. Like, I mean, even okay. with Michigan last week when Indiana scored on that touchdown, like I, I put on social media, like we're taking the under nine and a half now. And then we let that first half play out. And I said, yeah, they're not scoring again. So now we're taking the under seven and a half now to get our money back. So yeah, same situation for Iowa. Okay. Football. Okay. It's not going to change. Iowa, okay. Indiana, Minnesota. I mean, tomato, tomato. Uh, yeah, it's going under. Uh, so I, I, I like Okay. It. Uh, I have a little bit of an appetite here to bet Minnesota. Uh, it is a very, very teeny it's tiny. It's an interesting line. It's a very teeny tiny little bit of an appetite. And it's just, it's based on the idea that there are like as good as I was, you know, as good as I was defense has been like, you can still run on these guys. You know, you can run on them a little bit. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, Minnesota is they're clearly at least an average rushing team in terms of EPA per play uh, opponent adjusted this year. Um, and if they, if the average rushing attack, you know, that's what you want if you're going to be competitive on the road. Uh, and the fact that you're getting outside of a field goal, like this is probably a game that gets decided by a field goal. Minnesota could be playing ahead from here, you know, in this one. So um, I'm not sure how I'm ultimately going to fall on this one, one way or the other, but at current price, I would lean, uh, lean golden gophers or pass. Yeah. The most Hawkeye thing would to be Wisconsin, take a stranglehold on the big Ten <laughs> on their side division and then lose to Minnesota the very yeah. next week as a home team. Absolutely this was at Minnesota. Game. I'm taking the gophers. Uh, but honestly for a couple bucks with a money line parlay for underdogs, I would definitely throw Minnesota in there. There's someone I could see winning this game for sure. Iowa's offense is atrocious. Yeah. So if you're watching that one on NBC and Peacock, uh, enjoy. There won't be many points, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to love every single second of it. Uh, for another game, I considered the under because I I write out, Drew, all my potential bets sure. that we can advance um, in my notes in my phone, and then I go back and decide if the totals and numbers are what I want. Okay. This one was Wisconsin at Illinois. I wanted the under if we were going to get a 44 and a half. It okay. opened at that and quickly moved to 42 and a half. It's gonna, probably going to close 40 and a half, 41 and a half. And we yeah. got the Badgers laying two and a half money coming in on Illinois. This is the Brett Bilma Bull, uh, as he was the former coach of Wisconsin. <laughs> so that's why Illinois is getting money. Uh, I like the under still. I'm not going to play it. I have better bets out there. But I do think this is another game where it's 21-17. You know, seventeen, sixteen, that type of score. 
Yeah, if if Wisconsin rights the ship, it's on the back of the defense. It has to be. Um, they lost their quarterback to a broken hand last week. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. Um, it's not like they were an especially bright offense with him, uh, but I think without him now, you have to put them very clearly in the bottom tier uh, among college offenses. Uh, this is going to be a pretty run-heavy approach for them, which should shorten the game. Uh, and this is going to be a pretty uh, kind of a defensive-focused approach. Wisconsin is an elite pass defense. They are just an okay run defense. And so you look at um, you know what Illinois is bringing to the table, a little bit better than average rushing attack and a worse-than-average passing attack. So one-dimensional team, one-dimensional spot here for Illinois. Uh, and I, I'm fine playing an under 42.5. That's probably a hair high. Um, but I think if you like that, that you, what you're saying is Wisconsin's running game and their defense are going to dictate here, which means on the road, yeah. land two and a half is probably the right look. I'm glad you said that, Drew, because Braylon Allen is one of the best running backs in the entire country. Yes. And last year, he had his career low, eight carries, two yards against Illinois, who had the best rush defense in the country last year. This year, they're ranked 100th. So guess who's got the revenge game on his back? is Braylon Allen. I <laughs> didn't know that he re- performed that poorly last year. Wow. Yikes. But Illinois truly had like a top five rushing defense all season okay. without a doubt. So um, completely cool. opposite this year. But this game reminds me when you said Wisconsin's probably the right side here. I agree with you because when we talked about Iowa-Purdue two weeks ago, yeah. Iowa was a favorite with a backup quarterback. And we were talking about that's a situation where the books are telling you they are the right side, in my opinion. They yeah. did win that game 20 to 14. Same situation here, Riley in Wisconsin, because road favorite with a backup quarterback. Yeah. It's the Braylon Allen show, yeah. uh, simply put. So let's move on to the Big Ten Peacock game at night, Drew. Ooh. It's the rivalry, Michigan, Michigan State. Wolverines, 24 and a half point favorite, total of 47 and a half. You already know what I bet. I don't care that we got burned last week because uh, we made our money back. Uh, but the team total was 10.5 for Michigan yeah. State. Nobody scored more than 10 on Michigan, so that was an easy play for me. They were held to seven last year and scored 14 or less in yeah. four of the last six meetings. So yeah. uh, what do you like in this game? Total, yeah. spread, team total? Shut out. Shut out for the for the uh, Wolverines. Let's uh, actually, what I like in this game and what I hope happens, and this is partially me talking my own book here, so I, I know that. I apologize. I would like a little bit of a, a clunkier performance for the Michigan offense on this one. Like they've been getting by playing some bad defenses and some bad offenses. They've had yeah. great field position. They've been getting easy, like not competitive wins. Well, now you got to face, you know, step up in class in terms of defense. Michigan State's not great. Uh, but they are absolutely, uh, you know, a good uh, rushing defense, which means this is uh, almost entirely on the arm uh, of the uh, new number two favorite for the Heisman. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think ultimately on the road in a hostile environment to a degree, you throw the records out when Michigan, Michigan State play like, you know, to a degree you, you kind of expect you know, that uh, the underdog in these type of spots comes and gives you a, uh, you know, a positive Z-score type of performance. Um, I hope that we see that. I hope that it's the defense really that shows up for Michigan State. Um, Michigan State's offense is bottom two in the NFL, in the FC, in college, in power five college football. Only team they are better than is um, Iowa, uh, which means, yes, they are worse than last week's Indiana test. 
and so Michigan's defense should be able to hold these guys into the uh, into the single digits pretty comfortably. So I like your under ten and a half look there. Uh, this is just a question of how efficient is the uh, the Michigan offense, and if they have if they stub their toe a little bit out there, if this is uh, kind of like a Two hundred yards through the air, two touchdowns, two picks, kind of performance uh, for the QB uh, in uh, in you know out of Ann Arbor. Then I'm going to be pretty uh, uh, satisfied that uh, he's going to take a step back in the Heisman race. And you know that Michigan's you know they're winning because of being a complete team. Um, it's not yeah. uh, entirely worthy, in my opinion, to reward the quarterback for what is clearly a team effort yeah. so far, being the best in the country. It's more of an NFL thing for MVP. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how we yeah. do it in college football. This is the best no. player in college football. And yeah. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't think J.J. McCarthy should be someone invited to the Heisman ceremony. But I, If you want to invite him, fine. But you know, giving yeah. <laughs> it to him over you know, some of these guys who are performing better, I just uh, I wouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, no, there's plenty <laughs> of guys. I mean, even what we saw, you know, this is, I guess what I'm about to say is a hot take. I'm going to stop myself, but... I mean, if we're still talking Heisman candidates, like I'd take Caleb Williams' season over J.J. McCarthy's if you're talking just quarterback to quarterback. Like Caleb didn't look great last week, but it's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, he's the guy you want on your team. But, uh, Drew, we're done with college football. What's your favorite pick that you gave out here? Um, boy, I think uh, – Based on numbers and numbers alone, it is the Tennessee-Alabama under 48.5. I think that should be 44. Uh, and so, uh, and you align with that. So let's go with, uh, let's go back to the well, man. Let's sweat it out. Bama, Tennessee, 48.5 to the under. I love the, yeah, last night I officially played that Tennessee team total under, and I was super excited to play it uh, and make it an official pick for today. So, yeah, ride that, ride those two with us, everybody. And of course, ride, uh, Iowa, Minnesota under with me because you have to. You have to. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Two. Uh, but we will see more points on Sunday night football than we will on Saturday college football because two of the most explosive offenses meet up when Philadelphia takes on the Miami Dolphins. And you got to be watching 7 p.m. Eastern is when coverage starts only on NBC and Peacock. Man, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa. I wanted two in all my fantasy leagues, didn't get them. Super jealous. I may be on <laughs> the over, Drew. But I don't know. I don't know. 
I am pretty decisive, though, on this Thursday night football game. Jaguars at Saints. Saints are laying minus one. Over-under is now 40. Of course, Trevor Lawrence practiced. He had a brace. They signed a quarterback, too, just in case he isn't going. C.J. Bethard is the backup. And, you know, I want everyone to take the Jaguars. I want to take the Saints. Are you on the Jags? The Jags are one of your teams. Tell me you're on the Jags. Yeah, they are, and I'm holding my breath. And this one, um, not going well, not betting the Jaguars here. Um, this is a brutal, brutal spot. Uh, two weeks in London, and then you're home for a week, and now you got a short week, and you got to go on the road. Not an easy place to play. Not an easy place to play a primetime game. Uh, this is, uh, this is the, you know, the Jags are going to need a little bit of, um, a little bit of positive karma, I think, to get this win. If I was going to point to any matchup that really got me excited to be a Jags fan in this one, it is their defense and their pass rush in particular up against the Saints offensive line that's dealing with the cluster injury right now. Yeah. Um, both, you know, both key tackles for the Saints are going to be out here. You know, that you're going to be relying on a lot of minutes from Trevor Penning, who's been one of the worst tackles in football this season. If we are, we're not going to cherry coat it. We're not going to give the young man a break here. He's been bad. Uh, and I think um, ultimately Derek Carr under pressure, that would spook me if I wanted to play the Saints. Um, but I will say that uh, the fact that Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be hobbling around out there or that it's going to be no potentially C.J. Beathard. Not a good, not a good matchup for a very, very well coached and coordinated Saints team. The Saints are so different than I anticipated when I broke down their rosters. Like they're well coordinated and coached up enough on defense that they've backfilled some meaningful losses in the offseason, and they're playing really well defensively so far. And I thought with the additions they had on offense and how deep that skill group was and how good that wide receiver room was that they were going to be able to put up points this year, and it has not happened. Uh, so they are pretty clearly still broken offensively, uh, and I think ultimately uh, I'm relying on the Jaguars' defense to continue to perform well uh, and get me a win here, but uh, I will not sugarcoat it. I'm nervous. Yeah, you should be. Uh, Saints, had every, <laughs> Saints had every chance last week to beat the Texans. They, and they really didn't. should have, yes. Um, but the team total under 20.5 for the Texans did cash for me too, so that was cool because I split that game. But uh, New Orleans is actually one of my favorite teams over the past few weeks to bet and watch. And uh-huh. it may sound wild because they're not, like, super entertaining on offense, to be honest, but, like, Shahid's helped them a lot. Olave yeah. is good. Kamara's obviously back. They still need more Taysom Hill. If you have any questions about New Orleans, the answer is more Taysom Hill. Um, but New Orleans Saints defense is not a top five unit. They're a top three. And uh, they have been awesome. 12 of their last 13 regular season opponents have scored 20 or fewer points on them. They have the second most interceptions this year, the second best completion percentage at 56, and allow the fifth fewest uh, yards per pass attempt and completion. I mean, they have – played top notch in this situation like you said for the jags coming back from london having a home game and now a short week with their banged up quarterback none of that spells road dog winning outright to me and uh the spreads come down from minus three saints to minus one saints and i'm hoping it becomes a pick them or flips the saints plus one yeah and i think most of the market movement you've seen to this point has literally been people just trying to handicap the percent likelihood that lawrence plays and i gotta tell you like we've seen it enough now in the last two years these elite quarterbacks they call their own number 
they want to play, they're going to play. Doesn't matter how short the rest is. Doesn't matter what the implications are for the season long term. They, if they're going, if they are, they're given the latitude to call their own number here. And that has not worked well for any of them. Josh Allen last year with the uh, UCL. Uh, 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 Herbert last year with the broken ribs. Burrow this year with the uh, strained calf. Like, oh, yeah. if you're an elite quarterback, just take a couple weeks off. Get right. Come back. Be your, be your effective self. Uh, you know, Jags could lead on, lean on their defense in a, in a run game here and, and do just enough to win. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, my expectations are pretty low for the Jaguars. Offense here kind of independent of the availability of Trevor Lawrence. So that's the way I would attack it if I had to have a bet on it. Yeah. And I want to apologize to everybody for not having another first quarter team total under for this one. Cause uh, I considered it true, uh, but they juiced the saints to minus minus one fifty for under three and a half. I forget. I forget what happened in uh, uh Broncos chiefs. Did it get there? Yeah, it got there. Oh, it was easy, uh, Russell right? Wilson, they, they went for it on fourth down the first drive. And that's didn't get right. It, and they, that's uh, right. Thank you for the reminder. I knew. And I they knew, were in I field goal position. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. We've had some elite sweats <laughs> with the first quarter team total unders. Um, but we'll find another one. We'll find another one. This one didn't crack it, but the Jags were in a consideration. So were the Saints. So man, that under last like, week was what a pl- man yeah. rocking chair winner. Jeez. Literally, um, and we, we could have cool. another one here, Drew. Could have another yeah. one here. But uh, love the show today. Eight college football games, one NFL game. As always, from Drew and Vaughn, we appreciate you guys, and thank you to producers Dan and Adam as well for holding us down. Make sure you guys drop a like, subscribe, and head over to NBCSports.com and also Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports. Enjoy those games. Enjoy the sweats. and Let's win some money. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.